What is up, everybody? You're going to be listening to episode 15 and the first episode of 2021 for Sports with Phil. I know it's been a while, but now I'm back. I'm your host, Phil, and in this episode, I'm bringing back one of my fraternity brothers. His name is Brendan Snyder, and in this episode, we're going to discuss a few things. we got to talk about the Yankees re-signing DJ LeMahieu to a six-year deal worth $90 million. we got to talk about the rumors involving Trevor Bauer and Corey Kluber still on the free agent market, but hopefully deals will be coming soon for those key starting pitchers. Also, we have to discuss the NFL head coaching hires and what's going on around the league with teams who are not in the playoffs. We're also going to talk the NFL playoffs, and we're just going to see how we feel about the NFL playoffs so far and the matchups coming up this week. And also, he's a Chargers fan, I'm a Giants fan, so we're going to talk about our each perspective futures for each of our teams. So we'll see how that part goes. Either way, I hope you enjoy this episode of Sports with Phil, and I will be speaking to you guys soon. Yo, what up, Brent? What's going on, Phil? All right, so first things first. How do we feel? DJ LeMay, who's officially back in pinstripes, what do we think? I'm loving it. I'm um, loving it. I, was... I saw it. And I just like lit up. I think it's such a perfect deal too. I think like for the amount of terms and years we gave him for that amount of money, I feel like it's almost a steal basically. Because I feel like LeMahieu was asking for well over a hundred million dollars, even though he's thirty three years old. I feel like for a thirty three year old hitter, a lot of people are very hesitant to give that guy his age that much money for however many years he wants. But knowing that he's back. It's such a perfect thing, knowing he won the batting title last year, and even though it was only a 60-game season, it's shown that DJ LeMahieu is easily the perfect Yankees player the past two seasons since he's been in the Bronx. He's been absolutely great, and I can't wait to see him going forward. Hopefully, they can bring a title to uh, New York here in the next couple of years. I think it's about time. I think to, for us, it's ours to lose now. I mean, I think obviously the ALE should be ours. That's wrapped up, ready to go. But it's, it's ours to lose. That's the way I see it. You basically just brought back your key offensive guy. Now you need pitching. You need to go out and get pitching. If you go get pitching, the Yankees are going to be an, a juggernaut in the American League. And there's no Absolutely. question about it. I mean, I personally want to ask your opinion about it so obviously we've known that trevor bauer is on the free agent market he still has yet to get signed he's teasing a lot of people with where he wants to go on twitter and all that stuff my question to you is would you sign trevor bauer for a very long what would you rather do would you rather sign trevor bauer to a long-term deal like a six seven year deal or would you rather just go low low risk high reward potential and just signing Corey kluber to a one-year deal I think old, sometimes old you can Cy look young, at it. Old young pitchers, either way. I think you look at it. You can look at it as why not both? The Yankees mm-hmm. have the money. Yes, hundred yes. percent. And if you sign Kluber to a small deal, and maybe are able to talk Bauer down on the money side and talk him up on the championship side, mm-hmm. why not go grab both of them? Oh, absolutely. And just load up your team. Look I at what the Tampa Bay Bucks are doing in. Football. They went out, they got LaShawn McCoy. Then they got Leonard Fournette. Then they got Gronk. Mike Evans. They mm-hmm. they already had Mike Evans. Chris Godwin. Antonio Brown. They're just stacking their team mm-hmm. to the best of their ability yeah. because they can. The and Yankees that- are the team. That's like the Yankees are the definition of because we can. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of the Yankee fans were worrying too that, they're become, that they were becoming complicit 
or complacent, whatever the word is, and not going out and signing these big guys, big guys and the fact that it took LeMahieu this long to sign with us again, I think people were a little worried. But what makes it so great is knowing that LeMahieu is officially wrapped up. Now everybody's thinking, okay, we got LeMahieu back. That was our key guy. We have him locked up for probably the rest of his career. This is probably the last big contract LeMahieu gets in his career. And now people are looking at it and saying, hey, obviously Corey Kluver has been injured the last year and he hasn't pitched. He only pitched one inning last season in the 60-game season. But the thing about Kluver is you know Kluver's potential to be a Cy Young pitcher and you know what he has done in the past. I think bringing him back, especially if you brought him to New York, especially where his old pitching coach and Matt, Matt Blake was when Kluber was with the Indians. I think it's a big signing, and I think we do it 10 times out of 10. I think so, too. I think whether or not we get Bauer, we should definitely get Kluber on our team. Mm-hmm. Even he helps tremendously. But oh, yeah. And it's I still think we should go after Bauer. No, I agree completely. I do think we should go after Bauer because Bauer – is obviously a Cy Young pitcher. He won his first Cy Young last year. But even before that's going, I think for him, if he pitches on such a big stage, I mean, obviously he pitched in Cincinnati and it wasn't that big of a stage, even with no fans, but there was no pressure. New York is the Mecca. Mecca, New York is the place to be if you want to show everybody and show the world that I am a force to be reckoned with. I am the pitcher you need. That's why I feel like Derek Cole has sparked so much since being on the Yankees, because Garrett Cole now going to get a full 162 out of him this year, I think finally what we're seeing too is the Yankees need him, need him to need to get him some support too behind him because Luis Severino is out until at least the summer of this season recovering from Tommy John. And I think getting someone like a number two guy behind Cole until Severino comes back, I think if you had a guy like Bauer or Kluber behind Garrett Cole, it's Luis Severino could take his sweet time coming back. Yeah, definitely. You wouldn't have to worry that much. So I don't want to spend too much on this topic because there isn't much really else to say besides the fact that we got them back and it's good. Hopefully it means that if we can sign Kluber and then possibly Bauer, then let's go do it. And I'm all for it. So I want to get right into also the NFL thing. The Jets hired Robert, Robert Sal is his name, right? Yeah. Okay. What do we think? Because I think it's a good – I think actually for the first time I'm even saying this is actually a good thing for the New York Jets to sign Salah. I, I love it. I He was on my short list as a Chargers fan to see him coach in L.A. He's a guy who mm-hmm. could handle the big market of a New York or an L.A. team. He's – they needed a defensive guy. I think yes. they shouldn't have wasted their time going out and interviewing coaches like Eric Bieniemy and Brian Dable and stuff like that. They need defensive guys. So for me, for the Jets, it was either Brandon Staley or Robert Sala. Sala's mm-hmm. a great guy. He's charismatic. He can yeah. like work. He's a player's coach. He can work with them. It's a very young team. He can choose. He can – well, he has a GM there, Joe Douglas. He can worry about the quarterback. He can find himself a good offensive coordinator. He'll be – I think he'll be really good for New York as long as they get the right guys on his team to coach. Yeah, I agree completely. I think what what we're seeing, too, someone mentioned this about New York football teams, the Giants and the Jets. They both each have now their own coaches. 
who I think are both charismatic. I think Joe Judge and Robert Sala are perfect guys for these New York teams because you need them to be player coaches and you need them to show to show them, hey, listen, I'm not going to take any BS from you. But at the same time, if we start winning games, I'm going to start to enjoy it with you guys. I'm not just going to say, all right, guys, like let's focus on the business, but let's also have fun with this at the same time because doing that builds, I think, a great amount of chemistry in the locker rooms among each of those teams. Definitely. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you, because we're talking about head coaching vacancies and everything like that. Who is your potential pick currently to be Chargers head coach? If you if there's one person besides you, because you said Robert Sala, if he didn't pick the Jets job, who is the one person that you think would really bring Justin Herbert and the Chargers up a notch next year? So miles above everybody else. I like Robert Sala. He was on my short list, but he, even he wasn't mm. above this guy. Brian Dable from Buffalo, I think, is the perfect oh. coach for the. He's handmade. He is. He will fit the Chargers like a glove. I saw something today on ESPN that says he's the favorite. They could announce it as soon as Buffalo gets knocked out of the playoffs. If not, they might have to wait to the Super Bowl. But as soon as he's available to be announced, they're going to announce him as the head coach. He look what he did with Josh Allen, and like how mm-hmm. much Josh Allen progressed under him. Justin yeah. Herbert is Josh Allen now as a rookie. Like, mm-hmm. imagine that progressed. Like, Josh Allen wasn't even half as good as Justin Herbert was as a rookie, and he was a good rookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think- Herbert was a, yeah, Herbert was a great rookie, and watching him play this year was just like, even though the Chargers really didn't have a defense and a special teams unit, I think you can agree with it, is I think getting a guy in there who's, like, who was he on the bill? Yeah. Is he the, he's the offensive coordinator? Yeah. Okay. So, would you say that if they hire you, so you definitely believe if they hired him, Herbert, Herbert immediately takes the next step level like Josh Allen this year or even better than that? I think so. Mm-hmm. All right. That's, I, I could agree. I definitely could see that then. If, because the Bills, even in their very last game of the regular season, the Bills didn't even have to play for anything, and they still put up about 56 points. And, you know, Josh Allen and Matt Barkley even both went off in those games. And what I just want to say, too, is I'm really excited to see. I'm really excited to know, because going on the Bills now, me and uh, Marcello were having this conversation, and I want to just get your opinion on it, because I truly believe it could happen, but I'm not going to. I'm not like obviously putting my money on it. If the Bills win this week and the Chiefs beat the Browns and we have Bills Chiefs AFC championship game, are you betting your money that the Bills upset the Chiefs or do you still think the Chiefs would win? I think the Bills would take it. I think there's yeah, not a I team so there's not a so team too. currently in the playoffs that I think could I could legitimately say, "Oh, of course they're going to knock Buffalo out." Mhm. I, I, I don't think, think Baltimore – like, I don't think Baltimore is going to go into Buffalo and beat Buffalo. I just don't see it happening. I, would, I don't I see it either. I think the Bills – this is the – it's weird. I was looking at the stats the other day. Baker Mayfield, the oldest quarterback still alive in the AFC playoffs. Is he really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Him, him and Pat Mahomes are 25, and then uh, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson are both 24. Oh, wow. So it's it's a crazy. Either way, you're going to have a great AFC quarterback representing the 
AFC in the Super Bowl, no matter who it is, whether it's Lamar, uh, Allen, Mahomes, or Baker. You have great AFC quarterbacks, young AFC representing them in the Super Bowl. I'm very excited for it regardless. AFC, the AFC is, is literally the young quarterbacks conference. Because if you look mm-hmm. at the average age, all these great young quarterbacks, Mahomes, Watson, Baker, Allen, Justin Herbert, Tua even, uh, Lamar Jackson, they're all in the AFC. All the mm-hmm. old guys, with the exception of Ben Roethlisberger and Phillip Rivers, are in, AFC quarterback. Yeah, they're, they're in the NFC. Brady, Breeze, Rogers—they're all over there. Yeah, those are all NFC quarterbacks. Um, well, the thing that I was thinking about with the Bills and the reason why me and Marcello were having the conversation is because when we were watching the Week 17 game, I was texting him, and he kept saying, "I was literally saying to him, I was like, I truly believe if this Bills team went to the AFC Championship game and had to face a Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs team, I think the Bills." offense would stomp on the Chiefs defense honestly I think it would be the best offense Mahomes has ever played so far in his young career and that kind of is saying something I think I agree with you the only close one would be the 2018 Rams like when they had that Monday night game that they both scored over 50 oh yeah points. that's yeah that too but there's also the Bills they have a solid defense and they have the same mindset coaching wise as the Chiefs which is what, like, mm-hmm. as far as Brian Dayball to the Chargers, look at what they do. They don't play to not lose. Like, they're playing no, they don't. to win. Their their ideal is if we're up by 30, we're going to go up by 40. If we're up by 40, we're going to go up by 50. Let's keep going mm-hmm. and let's stomp on them no until matter who clock, it is. Until the clock hits zero, yeah. No matter what it's game literally it until is. The clock hits zero. Yeah, no, and it's literally until the clock hits zero, we're going to put up as many points as we can. It doesn't matter how often if we have to keep picking you off, throw throw pick six, if we get a fumble recovery for a touchdown. This is easily the best Bills team since the 1990s Buffalo Bills with Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, and all those guys. This is the best Buffalo Bills team since those 90s Bulls and they're, the Bills, I should say, since the 90s Bills, and there is no question about it. They are the best Bills team since the 90s Bills. I think if they can seal the deal and win the Super Bowl or even get to the Super Bowl, they should be considered on the same level. If they can yeah. win the Super Bowl, then they are the best Bills team of all time. Yeah, and we all know the pain that Bills fans went through in the 90s going to four straight Super Bowls and, and losing it. Two of them to the Cowboys, one to the Giants, and one to the Redskins. And the pain of that is that has lived on. I think for Buffalo – they're not thinking about that right now. And I think that's the thing. Buffalo fans are not thinking about the 1990s Buffalo Bills. They're thinking about the 2020, 2021 Buffalo Bills. And these Bills teams, those Bills teams were dominant. Those Bills teams destroy teams on offense. This Bills team does it all, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. definitely. You would agree with that, but I think they, I, I think they do it all. They're, they have a great run defense. It's actually really uh, underrated how good their run defense actually is. I think people look at them and they're like, oh, you could probably run all over the Bills. People say, oh, Lamar Jackson's going to run all over the Bills. If you look at their stats, I believe they were in the top 10 in rushing defense. They were in the top 10 in passing defense. Uh-huh. They're going to shut guys like Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes and even like the running backs, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. They're going to shut him down. They're going to force Lamar to throw. 
and not even oh, yeah, to be cocky or biased, they have to look back to 2018, Lamar's first playoff game against the Chargers. The Chargers eliminated the run game. Mm-hmm. That, that was their game plan going in. We're going to take out Lamar's ability to run the football and forced him to throw. He had negative eight passing yards in the first half, and he threw two interceptions. And he got benched in the first half. Flacco. He didn't get benched. My bad. What were you saying? He didn't get benched, but people were calling for it. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, in, I was in the stands myself. They were calling for Flacco. Fans were calling for it on Twitter. People were like, get this guy out of here. And it was his first playoff game. They were like, Flacco would have gone in and won that game. I doubt because it. Because every time he stepped up, to try to make a big throw, it just didn't happen. Well, that was Either really the Chargers play was swatted away or pick it off. No, and and the thing also with that is what I always remember watching that game because you said you. I always remember when you told the story about you being there. What I always remember too about that is the Chargers had shut down the Ravens that entire game. There was almost no hope of the Ravens ever even coming back, even when Flacco eventually came in. There was no hope for them once that happened because they looked at Lamar as, oh, Lamar's our savior. He's going to absolutely dominate like he's done all year. But it just did not work that way at all. And I look at uh, – like, this is the thing. I'm looking at the Ravens uh, rushing right now. Rushing-wise, their offense was first in the league. Um, and the Bills' offense is second in the league. So – I think if you, like you just said, if you literally eliminate that run game, the Ravens aren't even going to stand a chance against the Bills. They're not. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really not going to stand a chance. But I really think we have the potential. If you force Lamar to throw, I'm not saying Lamar is a bad thrower whatsoever. He's still a good quarterback that can throw. But Josh Allen has a, a rocket for an arm. He has a cannon. He can throw as far as he wants with almost ease. So, yeah, I think if Allen gets the better of Lamar, I'm not going to be surprised. And I think that people are expecting, at least for me, I will be very surprised if Baltimore pulled it off against Buffalo. I really would be. I think Buffalo is going to win tomorrow night. I think so, too. So I want to talk about the other playoff game and the other playoff game I want to talk about because I feel like it's uh, I feel like it's going to be a good game regardless. I still think that. It's gonna ha- it's gonna happen this way, but one game I'm kind of excited for, and I don't think a lot of people are talking about it, is I'm I'm pretty excited for uh, the Browns and the Chiefs. Honestly, I'm really excited for it. I I know that I probably think the Browns are gonna lose because I think that the Chiefs obviously are just a way better team than them for right now. But obviously, there is potential for this Browns team because either way. Going to the playoffs for the first time in well over 18 years, winning your first playoff game since the 1990s, it's it's a very big accomplishment for Cleveland football, for the Cleveland football fans that they have not felt in a very long time. But what I will say is I'm excited for that because the last time Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes met on a football stage was when they were back in college, when Baker was playing in Oklahoma and Mahomes was playing in Texas. So I think either way, we have a very good game regardless because the one reason why I don't trust the Chiefs to repeat, not because of their offense, their offense is totally fine the way it is. The Chiefs' defense is very questionable to me. That's what's questionable to me. 
I agree. You can run the ball well in the Chiefs. Even mm-hmm. the Chargers showed it. If you look back week two, Chargers, Chiefs, the like Austin Eckler was able to get a lot of yards and run all over him. And that's mm-hmm. a big reason why they were able to almost win that game, which was Justin Herbert's first start. Look back, the Bills, when they played the Bills this year, the Bills were even able to run on them with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. And now mm-hmm. the Bills have Devontae Freeman. Oh, yeah. It, it's possible. So I, we don't know. That's, that's very – uh, yeah. it's, it's underrated how good Devontae Freeman can be with a good offensive line, which the Bills have. Mm-hmm. And I think he kind of got the shit end of the stick in Atlanta because they were so looking forward to Todd Gurley. Yeah, and, and Freeman was a big part of the uh, Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl run in 2017. He really was. I mean, obviously, Matt Ryan had an MVP season with Julio Jones still as his wide receiver. But also what I've noticed is Freeman, I look back at that Super Bowl run, Freeman was such a big piece to that team that if the Falcons just started to run the ball more, in that third and fourth quarter of that Super Bowl against the Patriots, Falcons would have won with ease, in my opinion. They would have put up another touch. They would have put up another touchdown, and they would have put the Patriots out of reach. I thoroughly believe it. The Patriots. I think obviously, so too. This is what I think. I think the Patriots would have made it interesting, but it wouldn't have made a difference. They would have made it interesting, yeah, because it's Tom Brady. He always is the guy who can lead a comeback, who may who can make a comeback if he wanted to, but. Freeman was one of the best running backs in the league at that in that season. So in that game, if you just run the ball and not throw it and the clock doesn't stop, even if Freeman doesn't pick up first down yardage, you chew more clock, you, you trim it down more, and the Patriots will have less time to work with. It's that simple. And even if the Falcons, all they had to do was just kick a field goal and the Patriots still would have had to not only get a touchdown and a two-point conversion, but probably would have had, but would have had to go for an onside kick, and it would have been over. I mean, I feel like it's not that hard of, to look back on and wonder what Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan were thinking back then. But it's in the past now. But that's just the way I viewed that game, looking back on it. I think so too. And if you look back to teams like the Falcons against the Patriots, or even you look at the way teams like the Bills have run this year and the Ravens, people underestimate the Browns. They underestimate Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. It's a revenge game for Kareem Hunt. Oh, yeah. He can go in there against the Chiefs who, think about it, if he wasn't such a horrible human being, he would have won a Super Bowl by now. He'd have a ring on his finger. Absolutely. He would. And... It's his chance to like kind of go in there and prove, okay, well, you shouldn't have given up on me. Yeah, and absolutely, I agree. And if if the Browns' play calling against the Steelers says anything, I think Kevin Stefanski and his guys, his offensive coordinator, um, Alex Van Pelt, and whoever I, I forget the guy's name who we had in there as like a sitting head coach, they know how to game plan against the team. I wouldn't be surprised if they come out guns blazing against the Chiefs, running all over the place. That play action is lethal from Baker mm-hmm. to Jarvis Landry over the middle or Jonathan Peoples-Jones. 
You watch yeah, out I for the Browns. They are I'm, people I'm, underestimate I'm, I'm, the Browns. What I will say this too, and it's always been a big thing: never give a team more motivation to tell you that you can't do it, because that has been the Browns' motto the entire postseason run so far. Look at what happened when they played the Steelers. You had. Juju Smith-Schuster saying the Browns is the Browns. They're the exact same team when we play them every single year. I'm not worried about them. That just gave them more motivation to come out. Again, like the term you just used, guns blazing, not having a care in the world. We're going to go out there and we're going to stomp all over these guys. And now, even even post-game, it's been almost a week since that Browns-Steelers game. And... Chase Claypool of the Steelers is still saying they're going to get smoked by the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to smoke the Cleveland Browns. And I feel like that think... gives the Browns more of a reason to go into Kansas City and really shock the world. I've never gone from loving to hating a football player so quick with uh, like, like any quicker than Chase Claypool. At the beginning of the year, he was balling out. I loved him. I was like, oh, that's a great guy. Like, I team like I was like oh, I really like this guy this Notre Dame guy mm-hmm. now he's just being like a petty bitch this is the reason why I don't like Juju because he's like immature that's the problem yeah. with, and this is this is a problem with the Steelers the past few years is look at every single time they breed like great wide receivers like look at them in the past few years Juju Smith Schuster they now have a Claypool but even a few years ago it was Antonio Brown who was such this star-studded wide receiver, and then he quit on the team because he felt like he was too good to play for them. He felt like he was in his own league of his own. And the problem is the Steelers never fully addressed it. The Steelers were kind of just thinking, all right, we'll let it go, and maybe he'll learn his lesson eventually. But he never learned his lesson. That was the problem. He never did learn his lesson. So by the time that Antonio Brown, that the Steelers finally had enough. Antonio Brown had literally quit on the Steelers. Yeah. So I kind of, I'm not going to say that I fear for the Steelers in this sense, but I worry that if they don't change their culture very, very soon, they're going to have the exact same thing happen to them with Juju and or Chase Claypool that happened with Antonio Brown. And they're going to think they're in leagues of their own and that they're too good for the rest of the league. It's, they're just like they're immature. You look at other guys in the league that are their age. Juju has been in the league for two years, three years. He's just not composed. Like you look at Juju, who is the same age as Josh Allen mm-hmm. or Sam Darnold. You gotta look at how they address the media. Or like Derwin James, very smart with the media. You gotta stop being immature. Stop making TikToks. Like. Get on, on the on own. the field on the opposing team's logo too. Nonetheless, that's you're just being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And when you need your teammate Chase Claypool to go out there, be like, "Oh no, he wasn't saying anything to offend the Browns." Of course he was. You're going up against the Browns in a playoff game, and you're saying, "Oh, it's the same old Browns acting like they're the 0 and 16 team that you went up against two years ago." They're mm-hmm. not. No, not no. I agree. I think the Browns. I think that's why that's why I wouldn't be totally surprised if the Browns went into Kansas City and pulled it off because I feel like they have more motivation than anything. And the thing that I always remember when I compare like last year, last year's playoffs to this year's playoffs, 
no team besides the Steelers was doing a lot of shit talking. The Steelers were very well, the Steelers and the Ravens both. I kind of uh, another reason why I hope the Bills beat the Ravens is just because I kind of can't stand Lamar and the Ravens. I feel like they think they're a lot better than the rest of the league too. Yet they just barely squeaked in, and I feel like they're just the they're just the like the pain in the ass that keeps on talking yet has nothing to show for it. Like Lamar just got his first playoff win last week, and. It was a good win. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it wasn't. The Titans and Tannehill and Derrick Henry did not show up, but I feel like the Ravens think they're a lot better just because of that. And I'm not saying they're not, but they're looking at themselves as we can do it all just because we did this. Like it took Lamar two years to finally get his first playoff win, and it was against the team that he lost to last year when he was 14 and two. That's why I kind of yeah. hope the Bills stomp on the Ravens too. I think with the Ravens, they're kind of the Titans are a classic example of underestimating your opponent, thinking, "All right, we played him last year. We can just go in. We could shut down Lamar. Derrick Henry can go off, and that's it." The Ravens in the off season they boosted their defense up. Lamar is riding on the coattails of his defense. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I, agree. I agree he is. If you look back on Lamar, obviously a little bit more young, agile, and talented, but it, it's akin to, like, the Broncos team that won the Super Bowl, uh, like, five years ago. Like, Peyton it wasn't was Peyton Manning who helped the Broncos Peyton. win the Super Bowl. It was Von Miller in the defense and Peyton Miller. It, yeah. uh, Peyton Manning, I'm sorry. It has I, Peyton Manning has made many jokes in the past that it was Von Miller and not him who helped them win. Absolutely. And I think the the Ravens need to stop being cocky and look at the Bills as being a lot more balanced than the Titans. The Titans' entire offense, sure, they have a couple of good weapons, but it's Derrick Henry. It is yes. get the ball to Derrick Henry, occasional play-action pass, or let Ryan Tannehill run for a quick 10-yard score. But the Bills are so balanced. They have a top-tier receiver in Stephon Diggs. They have a top-tier quarterback, an MVP candidate in Josh Allen. They have Devin Singletary is extremely underrated. They now have Devontae Freeman on their team. They have a decent offensive line and a really good defense with a great secondary that could easily torture Lamar for an entire game. I agree. I think. I think, personally, I think... That's the thing, too, is Kansas City is not I, – I think the thing that I like, too, is Kansas City is not coming out and saying they're going to win or saying that we're just looking ahead to the AFC Championship game. They're looking at it as, okay, we, we now know that the Browns mean business. Like, even though the Steelers kind of made it a little interesting the other night, they're seeing that, hey, this team is actually not bad at all. We're seeing now that we kind of have our work cut out for them. They just put up – 40 plus points against the team that started off 11 and 0 and was stomping all over the rest of the league. We now have our work cut out for them. And that's why I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns win because I don't personally trust the Chiefs defense. Even when they went even when they won the Super Bowl last season, I didn't trust the Chiefs defense at all when it came to the Super Bowl against the Niners. I didn't. I had that strong feeling when we were all watching it. I actually thought yeah, I think the Niners are going to pull this out because the because A, Mahomes 
some, couldn't just really get it going that game. And B, it was almost as if the defense was just kind of was a little shaky. That's, that's I how I saw it, at least. I definitely agree. I think the Ravens are the least likely team in the AFC to move forward to the AFC championship game, but I can see any of the other three in there. Yeah, I agree. Even in the Super Bowl, I think the Browns... Hold on, can you hear me? The audio is kind of messing up. No, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Wait, say that again because the audio just went out on your side for a second. So I didn't hear whatever you said. I think if the Browns just, they're the type of team that if they just get hot, which right now they're they're heating up after the win against the Steelers, if they can beat the Chiefs, I feel like that team is near unstoppable. Oh, I, I, I feel like they're going the route of what the Giants went through in 2011 when they beat the Patriots again. And the reason why I say that is because look at the Giants in 2011. They were one of the worst offensive-ranked teams. They had lost some key pieces on offense, even though they obviously had Cruz, Knicks, and Manningham. No one looked at that team and thought, all right, they're going to go. Yeah, they beat Atlanta in the wild card round, but they're not going to go into Green Bay and beat an MVP and Aaron Rodgers and a 15-1 and Packers team. They ended up destroying the Packers in the divisional game. And then even in the conference championship game against the Niners, they stumbled a little bit, but Eli Manning threw no interceptions that game. He had almost no turnovers, and they beat the Niners in overtime to go to the Super Bowl. And then they end up upsetting the Patriots again. I mean, if the Browns can go along that same exact route, people are finally going to stop saying that Baker Mayfield is only going to be an average quarterback in this league because Baker Mayfield, if he were to lead the Browns all the way to their first ever Super Bowl title ever, he'll be looked at as the great savior of Cleveland Browns quarterbacks of all time and not even that he'll be the greatest savior of Cleveland since LeBron won the Cavaliers the title in 2016 there will be statues and myths about Baker Mayfield in Cleveland for hundreds of years if he is able to pull off a Super Bowl win yeah for the Browns so uh, we're talking, well, what were we about to say I I just like I can see it. The crazy thing is, I I can't, I can't tell myself there's no way that the Browns are going to make the Super Bowl. Like, there's a chance. There's a solid yeah. chance. No, I agree. Well, we're talking about the AFC a lot, and I want to get to the NFC. So, we got to. I got to ask. Do you think? I feel like I got to say this. I don't see it all. Like we're talking about how. Oh, I can kind of see this, and I really can kind of also see this. But I'm just going to go right to the NFC. Do you really think the Packers would lose to the Rams? No. Yeah, I agree. I don't Plain think and simple, good. I don't think. The, Rams, think the Rams have a great had defense. Moment. They had their moment when they beat the Seahawks last week, but I think it's done. I think, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to absolutely destroy the Rams tomorrow, right? Yeah, it's tomorrow uh, afternoon. It's, he's going to destroy yeah. them. I think uh, Green Bay... I don't know if there's anybody that can stop him. 
You don't think anybody can stop Aaron Rodgers? They're at home. This is the first time that he's ever had guaranteed home field throughout. Like, this this is the first time Aaron Rodgers, I think, is going to host an NFC Championship game in January in Lambeau. I I, I don't see him losing because playoff Aaron Rodgers is one thing on the road, but at home – we never really That's... seen it like come to real fruition yet. We've seen it at home, but we don't really know what like an NFC Championship game would look like. Aaron Rodgers, knowing he can go to the Super Bowl in front of his home town team, basically the home team. Are they are they allowing fans at Lambeau? I think they are. I think they are. I think it's just limited to like season ticket holders, though. I don't think it's yeah, but that's... Uh, like a lot of, but either way, it's still that's still about probably five thousand people. Yeah, it's it's the fans that are gonna pump Aaron Rodgers up. He lives for those games at Lambeau, and whether it's New Orleans or Tampa Bay coming in him for the NFC Championship game, he's gonna win it. Now, here's a good question I want to ask: Would you rather see Breeze or Brady play against Rodgers in the NFC Championship game if Rodgers, if the Packers win tomorrow? <sighs> I, pardon me. So I've never been like a Brady hater. I've always been a Belichick hater, but I've never hated Brady. I would like to see him prove Belichick wrong, go win a championship in Tampa Bay. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Drew Brees has like, he has a better relationship with Sean Payton. It's absolutely Drew Brees' last ride. He's done. Whenever he gets knocked out, he's done. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Breeze and Rogers have been such staples of the NFC that for him to go out in a title game against Aaron Rodgers, that's yeah, just Yeah, I think I, – I mean, obviously, Drew Breeze is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. This, this game between Tampa Bay and New Orleans, it's round three. I mean, everybody knows it. It's round three. This is an NFC South divisional rivalry matchup. The Saints have taken the two games this year that they played the Bucks including an absolute rubbing over the Bucks in whatever week that was back in, I think it was October, November. The Bucks just were absolutely blown out. It was Brady's worst game of his entire career. No matter, no matter what anybody says, it was the worst game he's yeah. ever played. And it was the worst team loss he's ever suffered too. What was it, like 40-something points or whatever it was? It was, it was not good. Yeah, it was bad. So... I think, I think the Saints are going to win Sunday night. I'll admit, I th- I don't think, I don't see it happening that the Bucks pull it out. Do I think it can happen? Yes, because regardless of what anybody says, it's Tom Brady. That's that's just what everybody has to know in the end. This is Tom Brady. This is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live. This is a guy who has six Super Bowl rings. You know, the the most ever of any player and the most Super Bowl rings of any franchise that has six Super Bowl rings. So what I really do think is Brady, again, like you were talking about being a Belichick hater but not being a Brady hater. The thing I see it is this, is I think that gives Brady more motivation knowing he can go all the way to the Super Bowl and and not have to worry about these this narrative again of, Oh, does real does Brady truly need Bill Belichick to go win a Super Bowl? Does he actually need win a playoff game yeah. and even make the playoffs? But 
you're seeing that Brady, I think, is still focused on the narrative in his own head that I want to go prove to everybody I can still go win a championship without Bill Belichick. That's that's how I see it. Um, Definitely, I agree well, with that. The thing that I want to say is, let's say the AFC championship game is is like now. Here's the thing, too. We're talking about the. We, I want to go back to the AFC because we're talking about the Ravens and the Bills. We're talking about the Browns against the Chiefs. So obviously, the AFC championship matchups can go either way. So, would you now? I want to ask this: Would you rather see? a Buffalo-Kansas City AFC Championship game, or would you rather see a Baltimore, uh, a Baltimore-Kansas City AFC Championship game? Because either or has the potential to be a shootout level type of game, or it could be a very close game. So what would you say? I would, I'd, I would rather see Buffalo and Kansas City, but if I could pick, my ideal AFC championship matchup, it would be Buffalo and Cleveland. To see, to, first to see the Bills host an AFC championship. Second, mm. to see the Chiefs knocked out because I hate the Chiefs. And third, just to see the Browns in an AFC championship game against the Bills. Like, those are two unlikely franchises that you wouldn't think would be playing each other in an AFC championship two, game. Three years, yeah. That would be awesome. And I, and I agree. Just to see, like... yeah. I agree Humble with that Mahomes. Too, think about like two or three years ago where these teams were like Buffalo and Cleveland. They were in, I don't want to say the basement of the NFL, but were they a good team? Absolutely not. The Browns were 0-16. The Bills had basically no quarterback. They had no help. And now you have two star-studded quarterbacks who – know how to play football. These two guys know exactly what they're doing. I think that if you saw a Buffalo-Cleveland AFC Championship game, it would be a lot more watched. I think it would be more watched than, say, a potential like Brady-Rogers NFC Championship game. I believe that because it's like, again, two teams that you didn't think would be out of the basement a long time ago and people thought they're not going to have any future within by the year 2021, and now that they possibly could face in the AFC Championship game, I think it would be awesome to watch, and especially if it's at Buffalo. I think so, too. I think they both got drafted the same year. They've both been on this kind of upward trend since they got drafted. New head coaches. I mean, Baker was a little bit more rough. I'm sure the Browns wish they took Josh Allen with the number one overall pick, but the the fact that the two of them could meet in an AFC championship game, I think mm-hmm. that the Browns are going to do it. This is the year because the AFC is now going to be more competitive than I think any the conference AFC, has I ever think, been. Ever. I think regardless, like just you have, I think regardless, I think the AFC is going to win the Super Bowl this year again. I think that that's what's going to happen. I actually don't think so. I think Green Bay's – I have Green Bay pulling it through. Like, I think Rodgers I, is going to go get his second title and probably be the first quarterback since Kurt Warner to win an MVP you, and I win a Super Bowl. I was actually going to ask you that, too. I was like, who is, your, who is your Super Bowl pick currently? Like, who do you think? That's honestly what I was going to ask. And you say Green Bay? It's, it's Green Bay. 
Green Bay. And I, well, and I Rogers absolutely is my believe Rodgers right is probably MVP. But what I also would say, too, is um, my Super Bowl pick currently is, is Buffalo. That's my pick. I think Buffalo is going to win because I, I just don't see – because obviously I get that Kansas City was the best team all year, you know, statistic-wise, NFL-wise, in the AFC. But their defense is, is very questionable. Their offense is – Kansas City's offense is amazing. It happening again that Kansas City repeats. Do I think that if they improve their defense and if they magically improve their defense overnight, they would be probably repeating back-to-back? Absolutely. But I think it's Buffalo's year. I think it's Buffalo's year to go to the Super Bowl, definitely. But if it's Buffalo and Green Bay, that's my like my Super Bowl matchup right now. It's Buffalo, Buffalo God, that is Green that, Bay. That is awesome. If I think happens. if it's that matchup, I think the two MVP candidates going up against each other, one of them is going to win the night before, I think it's Rodgers. And then I just think experience mm-hmm. trumps – Everything and Rodgers go in there. He knows the Super Bowl. He's been there. He's mm-hmm. won it. And I think also what it. I just want to point out about Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers has been on a mission since the off season last year because he's finally in the position that Brett Favre was in when Aaron Rodgers started his career. The Packers drafted a quarterback in the first round last year. And people looked at that as saying, so does this mean the Packers are just going to move on from Aaron Rodgers? Does this mean they're getting ready to just ease him out and tell him, okay, like your time is done with us. And since then um, he emerged as an MVP candidate. And I personally think this is Aaron Rodgers best year of his entire career at however old Aaron Rodgers is. This is his best season in his entire career, and he's even won. And he even went as far as to win a Super Bowl on the road as an NFC Wild Card team. And still, they probably are the best. This is the best Packers team he's ever been on, and the best Packers team he's ever accomplished much, a lot of things on. I think he's going in there. He's proven everybody wrong. He's proven his GM wrong. He's proven the coach wrong. He's like, oh, you didn't want to give me any help? No problem. So, let's just, just talk about that. Devontae, Devontae Adams, Adams is, is Aaron Rodgers' and he's number gonna... one threat. <laughs> and Jalen Ramsey, is he's his only threat. Yeah, that too. He's but his only threat. You know that obviously Jalen Ramsey will be covering him. How many yards would you say Jalen Ramsey's probably going to give up against Adams? Because I feel like Adams is going to run is going to run all over him. I think Jalen Ramsey's going to do a good job. He is one of the best corners in the NFL, but mm-hmm. Devontae Adams is just better. Devontae Adams can beat the best corner you throw at him. And then even when they do lock up Devontae Adams, Rodgers has his little secret yeah, weapon. Yeah, that's true. And that's Valdez Scantling. He, he can come in out of nowhere, and they think, ah, oh, no, mm-hmm. he's not going to do much. And then he does. And then he does damage because, oh, we locked up Devontae Adams. We put three guys on Devontae. Yeah. Oh, here comes Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And here comes Robert Tonnen. Uh, even Mercedes Lewis can come in there and make some plays. And, no, of no, course, never. you can't underestimate Aaron Jones. That's why in the that back too, like the, the, the names we're mentioning right now, like, in all honesty, who does Goff 
even have to throw to on, on tomorrow afternoon? Who does he even have that he can throw to? He really doesn't have a lot. I mean, Goff is Goff. But well, he's still, yeah, okay. I think he, he still has Cooper Cup. He has, he has Robert Woods. Um, he has, there's a couple of good rookies on that team. Obviously, he has Cam Akers. I'm not sure what his health situation is. I think he's, I think he's is. health. I, I mean, I know Goff is definitely but getting Cam Akers is really tomorrow. good. I know he's definitely getting the start because he was in, he you know he yeah. uh, messed up his uh, his thumb, but I know he's definitely getting the start tomorrow. Regardless, they said Aaron Donald is healthy and he's ready to go, and obviously that man is someone you probably fear, especially if you're a quarterback because he can run. I don't know how much I believe that he's healthy. Yeah, I think he's probably as healthy as he can be. He's definitely not a hundred percent. He got pretty banged up. A rib injury is a serious injury, and if he takes one bad block, the the Packers have a really good offensive line. If if he comes up the middle, Donald, and Corey Lindsley hits a good stiff block on him, he oh, could yeah. that he could be out for the game. One bad block and he's done. He's not a hundred percent. He can't just take a big hit or a big block like that. Even coming down on like Aaron Rodgers mm. in the sack. He's got to watch the way he falls. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah, if he I comes mean, out of that game shocking. with an injury. I mean, Sean McVay has expressed his um, his confidence in, in Aaron Donald, but obviously I'm sure he knows something that we don't, and I'm sure that Aaron Donald, like you just said, is probably as healthy as he can be. If he's going to go out there and he's going to play the entire full 60 minutes tomorrow, then so be it. If not, then it happens, and it was just meant to be for the Rams. But the way that I also see it, is I think uh, I just I think that when tomorrow comes, I don't think it's going to be that close of a game, too. I think it's going to be at least a two two score game probably tomorrow, even maybe go as far as a three score game. I just don't see the Packers at all losing tomorrow. How's what do you I think it's going to be closer than people think? I think it might come down to a touchdown or a field goal. Just because mm-hmm. that's the way that's the true. Packers play totally football, inaccurate. they definitely don't. They don't. They exactly don't really it's put just, the score down on people. They kind of get a lead and they kind of try and hold it. I feel the Packers go in there. They'll fall behind. I, I guarantee so? the Rams are going to go into halftime with a lead. Maybe not a big lead. Probably maybe a touchdown, six points, three points, two points, whatever. And then Rodgers will come in, light the Rams up in the second half. The Rams will try to catch up, and it'll get kind of down to the wire. Rodgers with a game winning drive. The will go and, do you, wait, do you think the Saints and Bucks game is going to be or, close? Because I feel like that could go either way. It could swing either way. It could either be a very good win for the Bucks, or it could be a very good win for the Saints. I just, I think it's, I think it's no in between of those. I think it's not. I'm not saying I don't think it's going to be close, but I. Just look at the first two games. I don't think it's going to be a close game because I feel like the Saints are – I think the Bucks are overmatched by the Saints. I think the only game this weekend that's not going to be close – You think Buffalo is going to run Is Buffalo up? and Baltimore. That's, I think Buffalo is just going to score and keep scoring. Once they figure out how to get past that Ravens defense, they're going to keep scoring and That's... keep lighting up the Ravens. And it's just going to become a massacre at a certain point. You we really might even see Matt Barkley get of a blowout that Barkley gets snapped. 
If they're winning by three oh, touchdowns wow. in the fourth quarter, that's, that's an interesting take. I'm, I haven't heard that take yet. So, I mean, that would be interesting if that ended up happening. But I, I guess we'll see about that. Um, if you have five minutes left in the fourth quarter and you're up 21, 28, however much you're up, you want to rest Josh Allen. You know you're going to be playing either Kansas City or Cleveland next week. Send in Matt Barkley. He yeah, did well. He did. he did pretty well against the Dolphins. Just send him in. He'll be able to manage the game. Even if we mm-hmm. give up a touchdown, he could even get a touchdown himself. Just he'll be able to like no, I hold don't it disagree out with you and, and win the game. I honestly don't because I think that's very possible that if the Bills just run it up in the fourth quarter and there's less than ten to play, then uh Sean McDermott will end up resting Josh Allen for the AFC championship game. I agree. I, I do. I do have to agree with you on that one. Um, so I feel like uh, one of the one of the last things I want to discuss too, because you know, besides the playoffs now and and all that, do you think that uh, in the who I, I want to just get your opinion on it? Do you think Devontae Smith is going top ten in the draft from Alabama, the wide receiver? For a quarterback, then less teams are going to want a wide receiver. But if the teams kind of stay put, I think there's this year there's going to be more movement. What makes you think that there'll be more movement this year than in any other draft previous to this year? I think there's teams like the Jets who I think are going to be like trigger happy to move down because they couldn't get Trevor Lawrence. You're going to get teams that don't need a quarterback shopping to teams that need a quarterback. Oh, hey, I have a top You really five don't pick. think the Jets will you end need up it? drafting Trevor Lawrence? Because or... I'm, oh, yeah, that's that's stupid. They, I mean, Fields. You don't think they would draft Justin Fields, I meant. I don't think so. I feel like Robert Sala will go in, even if they trade down to, like, number 10, or if they trade down to 11, or wherever they go down. They can still get a quarterback and have him go in and compete with Sam and, like, really have whoever gets it earn the job rather than just saying, we're going to take the number two overall pick. Now, how about this? Because see you talking later, about Darnold. teams, again, you know, like Trevor Lawrence is going to go to the Jaguars most likely with the number one overall pick. What do you think personally about Urban Mayer getting a Trevor Lawrence as his first quarterback in the NFL? I think Urban Meyer is a smart coach, but you got to watch out with him because he can get tired really easily. He got tired in Florida. He retired. He got tired. He went back to Alabama or not Alabama, Ohio State. And then he Uh was getting tired and he said his health was a problem. Then he retired again. Now he's coming into the NFL. He's going to coach the Jaguars. He's getting however many, I think 12 million a year. He could get tired. He do, you really like, oh, Meyer, like do you think Myers is so, a good fit for the Jaguars who are in this, who are basically in a rebuilding phase, and are getting and are going to get Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson? I think it's wait and see, because Urban Meyer is a great coach, but you don't know how he's going to look in the NFL. Nick Saban is the greatest college the coach NFL, of all time. 
He and hated Belichick. He was he on was Belichick's horrible. staff, I think. He was horrible Belichick with the Dolphins. They hated each other. They're best friends now, but when they coached with one another, they hated each other because they each have their own personal mindsets that they think will help their team win or make them a better team, and their mindsets were conflicting with one another. You can't I think so too. But Saban, even when he was a head coach, he was a head coach of mm-hmm. the Dolphins for two years. Yeah, he was hard. Now he's the greatest. He got out when he coach of all time. And he was like, "He's up. Oh, I'm going back to college." And he went. And mm-hmm. the rest is history. With especially with Alabama, he's been the greatest college coach of all time. No, he would never. He would never come back to the NFL. It's a different game. Urban Meyer's strength is recruiting. He can try to do that with GM. I think he's going to push for a lot of power with, like, personnel. And whoever they bring in as a GM is going to be more, like, advising uh, Urban Meyer on the cap. And, like, okay, we can't spend that much money. Other than that, he's going to have almost all the say on who they sign, who they draft, so, who they bring because in. Because you're a Chargers fan. What is personally, besides a, a good head coach for Herbert, what does what do the Chargers need for next season that's going to make them uh, not not going to say a Super Bowl contender, but what's going to make them a playoff contender in that AFC West division? Mm. First is the offensive line, and part of me is a little upset that they didn't. Uh, lose those last few games so they can go up and get Penny Suo. But there's good offensive linemen in the draft. There's going to be good offensive linemen available via trade, via free agency. So they're going to have to go out. They're going to, they have a lot of cap money. They're going to have to go spend. They're, there's no question that they're going to draft well. Tom Telesco is one of the best GMs in the league. If you look at all, all of the superstars on this team, with the exception of Chris Harris, Mm-hmm. We're all drafted by Tom Telesco. You look at Bosa, Ingram, Derwin James, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, or signed as undrafted rookies, Austin Eckler, or most of their secondary, most of their linebackers, Kenneth Murray, Denzel Perry, uh-huh. all drafted by Tom Telesco. He has a mind for the game. I trust him completely with the draft. Uh, and whoever their head coach is going to be, I think it's going to be Brian Dable, who already is friends with yeah, Tom Telesco. They went to I, high school together. I, the, yeah, the way he's you're putting gonna, it, too, is I gonna think, go. obviously, I want him to go so because we're talking about the Chargers, and I want to talk about the Giants' future, too. What I believe the Giants need is get rid of, get, get rid of Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator. Oh, my God, I hate Jason Garrett. I literally hate Garrett so much as the offensive coordinator. It's not even funny. He'll, it'll be like a third and 13, and he'll call for, like, a sweet play. He'll call for uh, a short pass when we need 13 yards. I, Garrett's, like, a horrible offensive coordinator. I don't – I think he's more of – he's very – he's head coach material – but he's got to be head coach yeah. material for, like, a team that's desperate. I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles went in and hired him because they need a guy who can just control the media, a CEO-type guy, a guy who can just talk everybody to death. Yeah. And he just has to have the right people underneath him. 
Like he wasn't that bad in Dallas. People think, oh yeah, he was horrible in Dallas. And when he had Cowboys, it shows he, was he really wasn't the problem in so Dallas. So he just needs when they hired, uh, excuse me, Mike McCarthy. The Cowboys were probably worse, and I understand they lost Prescott, and Zeke wasn't performing at a high at a high level. But McCarthy was not a good. Was I understand he won a Super Bowl title with Rodgers in Green Bay. But after a while, Aaron Rodgers was getting really tired of Mike McCarthy, and I think the media saw that too. I think so too. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy, I think, is aging out of the NFL, and once he leaves Dallas, he'll be yeah out of a head he, coaching. He, he just coach. has to retire. But Garrett, I think Garrett deserves a yeah, second you're like, shot, he's not with just not with the Chargers. No, because Brian Dable is such a perfect fit, and he's he's the type of guy he's going to go in there. He's going to let Herbert cook. Herbert, there's only one rookie quarterback record that he didn't break, and he missed it by 39 yards. It was the overall rookie passing yards record set by Andrew Mm. Luck, and Justin Herbert played one last game, and he came within Um, 40 yards. Well, what I think, too, because I look at teams that have – head coaching vacancies. I love the fact that the Giants are not going to have – they extended Patrick Graham, their defensive coordinator. I loved Patrick Graham as our coordinator for defense. I think he's – I think he right right now is as good as when Steve Spagnuolo was our defensive coordinator in 2016 with that lethal defense that we had in 2016 that, yeah, had lost to the Packers, but it was still a great defense in the regular season. And we had a great defense this year once we settled in to our game. And I think we were a lot better with Patrick Graham as our coordinator. And they have Xavier McKinney, who was a rookie last year, or this year, I should say. So he'll go into his second year. I love the fact that they extended Logan Ryan because I think he's a great free safety. And I think he knows exactly what he's doing on defense. I love Leonard Williams. I love Dalvin Tomlinson. I think those two key guys right there have to absolutely do – like. Gettleman has to do whatever he can to keep those two guys around because since they've become New York Giants, they are perfect for our defense, our defensive line specifically. Um, I agree with that. I think, I think so too. You're going to end up losing one of them, and I think it's mm-hmm. going to be. I think Leonard Williams is going to be the one to go. He's going to just walk in free agency and he's going to walk into a contender's mm-hmm. team, like a serious contender. Like if he shows up at, God knows, a Green Bay or New Orleans, wherever he can go to Buffalo or Kansas City and immediately be. Uh, even the Chargers, I'd love to see them go after. They need a young nose tackle and he could go in there and be the perfect fit guy because they have. Linval Joseph, but he's getting up there in age. They signed him to a two-year contract. He's there for one more year. He's probably going to retire. He's a little older. And they're going to need help pass rushing too. So I think you're going Leonard Williams is going to see so much more money outside of the Giants that he'll leave. Yeah. Do but you, you might, think – Well, let me ask you because obviously he couldn't play this season. Do you think that – or he didn't play a lot. I don't know if he didn't even play at all. If you think – if the Chargers had Derwin James a lot more this year, do you think they would have been somewhat better or still probably the same exact record? 
I think their defense would have been improved because their secondary struggled this year and they were missing him as their key guy. But overall, they lost those games. If they had a yeah, better I think, coach, I they would have been in the was playoffs not a good right coach. Because someone and... made this point about Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn was one of those coaches where you thought he was going to finally mature and take that next step this year, especially with Herbert. And he never exactly matured as head coach of the Chargers. I saw a bunch of stuff saying that he always he listened to Philip Rivers and Philip Rivers kind of had a lot of say, and because of that, when Rivers left, mm-hmm. he was kind of left in the dark and he didn't know what he was doing, even though Rivers was calling a lot of the shots. Do when you he was think Philip Rivers there. will? Do you think Philip Rivers will retire as a Charger? You think he's going to come back just for a one day contract and retire, or do you think? he'll come back in 2021 for at least another season with the Colts if he decides to re-sign with them? I think the Colts are going to move in a different direction and he might retire, so I'm, I'm leaning towards him signing a one-day contract with the mm-hmm. Chargers to retire a bolt because that's his team. Yeah, that's not he him. He can't retire a He knows Colt. it's not him, too, I think. I think we can agree it's not him. Um, But... Do you think that Herbert next year with a better coach, obviously, if you know, you, you keep mentioning Brian Dable, do you think if he came in, do you think Herbert it just shoots up significantly in his second year? I think so. I think Brian Dable would go in and be able to establish a culture mm-hmm. within the team that we're going to go out there, we're going to win. And we're going to win by as many points as we can. Uh, he has a lot of connections. He's been a coach mm-hmm. under Belichick, under Sean McDermott, even under Saban. He was a college coach for a while. And he just has that, like, he's a player's coach. He's also stern. I think Anthony Lynn was too lenient with the players. He was more of a Mike Tomlin, like an enabler. Mm-hmm. When he needed well, to be an enforcer. Well, let me talk about two Brian more Dable, head coaches. And a little bit wrap both. this up. Two more head coaches who are on the market for right now, I guess you could say, are Peterson and Gates. And obviously, their teams did not exactly like each other. Like, you know, their teams did not exactly like their head coaches and probably regressed them. And even though Peterson had a Super Bowl, People always talk about you had a, you faced off against a Matt Patricia level defense. Do you think that if do you where do you think Gase or Peterson would go? Do you think they would go anywhere? Do you think the team is actually going to be desperate enough to hire them, or do you think they stay fired? I think Gase Gase will get a job under somebody as an offensive coordinator. Um, but with Doug Peterson, his best shot at getting a job mm-hmm. is if Eric Bieniemy becomes a head coach. If Eric Bieniemy becomes a head coach, Doug Peterson can step in and be Andy Reid's offensive coordinator once again. I I thought the only place Doug Peterson could have walked into another head coaching job was the Jets. And they just hired Robert Sala, mm-hmm. so he's kind of like shit out of luck there. He's not going to Detroit. 
Um, I just saw the update there looking at Dan Campbell um, from the Saints as their next head coach. He's not going to yeah, Atlanta. They're probably going to get Arthur Smith. And the, the Eagles aren't going to bring him you think back. Hertz, you think Carson so, Wentz is going to stay in Philadelphia now that Peterson's gone? Or do you think they still would explore trading? Because obviously I've heard that the Eagles now have a better chance of keeping Carson Wentz. But let's be honest. Do you really think that going into next season you can deny Jalen Hurts the starting quarterback job, or do you think that it'll be a training camp battle? I think that whoever the next head coach is is going to come in and immediately look for like he's going to talk to the GM and say, explore a trade. I want to see what I have in Hurts. And if we can't get a trade, then we'll do then whoever wins the the starting job mm-hmm. in training camp wins it. But I, I have a feeling whoever the next head coach is is gonna want to go in and uh just use Hertz. He's a young guy, he doesn't have injury issues. And once you can probably get yeah, maybe a second round pick could. for him. I would agree, because but but the thing about the problem with Wentz is Wentz Shot is on a Wentz. massive contract with the Eagles. Like, it's not just like a, oh, yeah, we'd have to eat up, like, $30, $30 million of his salary. Like, you'd eat, you're eating up well over $80 million worth of salary. You're eating up a lot. You could even look – if you look at the teams that have the most cap space, you could look at – they're not going to trade him to Washington, but Washington has a lot of cap space. You could look at the Jets. Yeah, you could, you could, as an option. Say, send if you send Carson Wentz to the Jets, and they send you maybe a third round pick and Sam Darnold, and have Sam Darnold come in, maybe compete with Jalen Hurts, and then probably back him mm-hmm. up. And he's still on a rookie deal, and then you have Wentz. Gets paid with Jets. Yeah. I think no matter what, the Eagles are going to have to eat some of that. They're going to have to eat, like, a solid 30% of his contract, at least. But if you can get even, like, the Colts, if if he's going to take a pay cut or if the Eagles are going to pay some of it, the Colts might buy. The Colts will send a second-round pick to the Eagles. Even the, the Falcons, if they want somebody to compete with Matt Ryan, just to, like, spice things up. Or yeah, get rid I of think, Matt Ryan. Well, I just I, there was one very last major thing I want to talk about, and then I'll have to wrap this up. What do you think about the Deshaun Watson turmoil that he has currently with Houston? You think Deshaun Watson's gone? You think he comes back? What do you think? You think he's gone? I think he's gone because Houston, whoever their next head coach is, yeah, Houston needs has been to clear fucked house. over by the Bill O'Brien error. There's no. They, they were fucked over by Bill O'Brien. They need. They already made the first mistake, which is, okay, you fired a Bill Belichick guy, and the Patriot way just didn't work in Houston. Guess what? We're mm. gonna go hire another Bill that's, Belichick that's guy to be our GM. Okay, sure. They need to go in, clean house, get draft picks. If I'm Houston, I'm calling Miami right away. I'm saying, hey, I'll give you Deshaun Watson for Tua. You really the think Miami could possibly your first do that, where they would year. trade away Tua and already for Deshaun Watson? I mean, obviously, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not 
bashing Deshaun Watson. He's a proven quarterback in this league, and he knows that he's that he's shown obviously what he can do at his level. But do you really think the Dolphins would say, "Sure, we'll take Deshaun Watson and we'll give you two of the third overall pick in this draft and another draft pick"? Do you really think they would possibly do that? Really, a thousand percent. Yeah, no, nobody is sold on Tua. Tua still needs to prove himself. Would you rather keep a guy who there's a 50-50 shot that he really turns out well, or you take an MVP caliber quarterback and put him on that team that was quarterback was one of their big issues? They they would sometimes bench Tua for Fitzpatrick. I mean, because not only could they get Deshaun Watson. If they wanted to, they could trade mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick and get a draft pick. He's out still him. valuable, Fitzpatrick. He showed how valuable Even he is. Even though he's older, he's still he's still he's still valuable so as the a quarterback. Texans, this the Texans could even go in and mm-hmm. take that third overall pick and draft a quarterback. They could say draft Justin Fields, or they could draft Zach Wilson. Yeah, and have them compete with Tua for their job. But not only Deshaun Watson, I think they're going to have to get rid of J.J. Watt. They're going to have to get rid of Mm -hmm. uh, Zach Cunningham, the linebacker, and probably Dwayne Brown because those are their biggest contracts and the only players that are really going to get something for them. J.J. Watt, even though he loves the city of Houston, and, and everybody knows that he loves the city of Houston. He, we know that he absolutely has loved the fans and, and being there and being able to play every single week. And even though Watt does get injured a lot, he's still someone that you would absolutely love to have on your defensive line. And I don't know where Watt would go if they traded for him. I don't know if he, I don't know if they, I don't think. Do you have any mind where Watt would There's... fit perfectly besides Houston? Yeah. Okay. There's three spots that I think he could go to. Two of them, they can afford him. The third, they could they could afford him, but they're gonna need to like move some stuff. Okay. Up. What but what name all three name let me hear those three uh those three choices. Three choices. The ideal one that would have to move a lot of stuff around financially to get him, okay. but would be perfect, is the Packers. He is a Wisconsin okay. kid. He played for Wisconsin. He grew up in Wisconsin. He grew up a Packer fan. To have J.J. and Aaron Rodgers in the same mm-hmm. team, they could repeat now as what, Super Bowl champions. That's true. Now, what about the second? Option? And they could use a pass rush. So the other two are teams that can pay him, need a pass rusher, and have the draft picks to send Wait, to Houston. The, the Jet, you think the Jets would be the second team? The Jets. Oh, okay. All right. The, these two, the next two are kind of tied. Okay. The Jets and the Chargers. The Jets, they're not a contender. So if J.J. Watt has any kind of pull over where he goes, he's not going to the Jets. Yeah, I don't care how good of a player Nobody wants are. to get traded to the Jets. One person's not going to make the Jets better overnight, sadly. This is not going to work. But the Chargers have basically the same cap space and the same, a few less draft picks, mm-hmm. but yeah. they're going to be a contender within the next two years. And he gets to play alongside Joey Bosa, 
where teams don't know where to put all their guys. Yeah, and, and you he'll would have probably two get great defensive players on one defensive line. It would be insanity to have Watt and Bosa on the same defensive line. The quarterbacks would be shitting themselves. The reason, the reason why he gets hurt so much is because teams send two or three offensive linemen after him, and there's nobody on the other mm-hmm. side to take off to like alleviate that. So he's mm-hmm. getting pressured constantly, and when you yeah. get pressured, what, you get hurt. So, do you think there's any other team besides either the Packers, Jets, or the, or the um, Chargers? Or do you think there's that's or like your three? There's always other teams, but I think those three are the most likely. Green Bay would be his like personal favorite pick. Mm-hmm. Like that would be a match made in heaven for him. The Jets and the Chargers are more like viable financially with draft picks, everything like that. And if he had to pick between those two, I mean, it's obvious the choice he would make. Unless the Jets are willing to like yeah. bump up his contract, that's the only he way he'll contender. go to the Jets. He doesn't want to but go he wants to a team play. like Houston that hasn't contended at all his entire career there. And then JJ Watt is a guy who wants a title. He's like, "Fuck the money." I agree. Uh, I'll take a pay cut if I can I go win a championship. With that, I think that's what Watt needs. I don't think he needs a team that's got like an aging star. He wants a team that's ready to go and win now. And I don't think he cares how he does it. Like you said, he just wants to say, I have a Super Bowl title to my name. The only other team I could really see him going to, and it's another like, personal DJ one for him, and Derek. is the Steelers. Both of, and, and Derek, both of his brothers are on the Steelers. And not that they need a pass rusher. And especially if it's but can, You could always use another one. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what's his name is on that team. I mean, Cam Hayward is great. Oh, I'm trying to think of the other yeah, guy. Yeah, I forget who. I the, know the who you're talking guy. about, but I can't remember his but, name. Mm-hmm. Even he, like, and J.J. Watt can play in the middle, too. He's shown in Houston that yeah. he can play defensive yeah, yeah. tackle if he needs to. He's a big guy. So I think that's why he's valuable to teams, even though he's older. He's yeah, I think, 32 I think, years well, old. Either way, you'll have to see how it goes, but I don't assume. I mean, obviously, this is what I think. I thoroughly believe that if Sean Watson said, I'm out, I want out of this team, and he gets traded, J.J. would be immediately the next guy to go and say, yeah, get me out of here too. I don't want to be here anymore. I think he is too, and then the team is going to have to decide, okay, is it worth it for us to keep mm-hmm. Dwayne Brown? Is it worth it for us to keep Zach Cunningham? Yeah. Is it worth it for us to keep too, David Johnson? I feel like the one thing that Deshaun Watson was really missing, even though he didn't make the playoffs either, he was missing DeAndre Hopkins a lot this season. And another Bill, Bill O'Brien Absolutely. blunder of a trade that made no sense. Just – I don't understand why you would trade your number one wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. I just, I still don't understand the move. Yeah, and all they got out of it was no, what, second, fourth round second, pick, third not, round They pick? didn't even get a first for DeAndre Hopkins. And they got David Johnson, but David Johnson is nowhere near the same level as DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, so 
I want to wrap. I'm yeah, going to no, wrap it up here because I don't want it to drag anymore, anything like that. So, <laughs> Brent, I want to say thank you again for uh, being on this. You know, good always, good talk is always. Glad we got to discuss this. All right. Always good. All right. I will be awesome. talking to you soon. Always good coming on the show.